that uh, we're here to be with you this evening and uh, thankful for the opportunity that uh, we're here and be able to share God's word with you. And uh, we, I bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters in Christ at Faith Baptist in Sydney. And we welcome you anytime you're in Sydney. Come and visit us. We'd love to have you and uh, see how we could be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me tonight to the book of Joshua, chapter 5, and uh, then Psalm 78. So Joshua chapter 5, we'll just read a few verses there, and then we'll jump across to Psalm 78. And uh, thank you, Pastor Shemish, for your friendship and uh, for the opportunity tonight to just to share the Word of God with you. I hope it'll be a help. Um, I want to just to bring you just a challenge, I guess, maybe a bit of an encouragement in uh, what is our response to change? Right? What is our response to change? So sometimes... We're reluctant and uh, we don't like change. People don't like, uh, we're creatures of habit, aren't we? Uh, we like to do the same thing. Uh, you know, some of you maybe have a routine. You wake up the same time every morning. Uh, you know, you go through the same process. Some people go for a run, not me. But, uh, you know, they, they do all these kind of things or maybe go to the gym and, and uh, you know, have their bowl of cereal maybe or one slice of toast. It's the same thing you know, day in, day out. And if you were to change that for them, like they get a little bit jittery, like, you know, I don't like change. And, but re realistically, life, we're always presented with change, aren't we? I mean, we go through different seasons, don't we? Uh, you know, uh, we, we don't stay in the same season forever. And uh, we need to learn how do we receive a change, how to manage a change, what should our response be through a change. And I pray tonight that that would be a help for you tonight. Let's just uh, have a look in Joshua chapter 5, Joshua chapter 5, and uh, in verse 9, we read a few verses there. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you, wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. So just putting you in a bit of context, they're just about to go in and conquer you know, Jericho, go in there into the promised land, begin to possess the land. And, and so they went through the process of being circumcised because many who had, if you, know, you remember the story, all the older generation passed away through the wilderness. The ones who were young and brought up through uh, that 40 years hadn't been circumcised. So God had them to be circumcised and get ready to go in and possess the land. And verse 10, And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover, on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho, and they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just ask you now that you help us. Lord, please, uh, we just pray that the Spirit of God will fill this place and that he would truly be our teacher and our guide this evening. Lord, we pray that you would comfort our hearts, strengthen us, help us through your word. I pray, Father, you would change us and help us to draw not to Christ. Help me tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, as they were in the wilderness, God had done some miraculous things for them. Uh, the way he brought them out of Egypt. Uh, just think about the children of Israel, the change that they encountered. Uh, they were there in Egypt for 430 years in bondage as slaves. God liberated them with a mighty hand. 
took them out of the land. They, he parted the Red Sea for them. And that through mighty works, what God did for them began to show them that he was their God and that they are his people. How many people tonight say, we're glad that God is our God and we are his people. Amen. Thankful for the journey that he gives us and that he is with us. And he was truly with them all the way. Even though they doubted it at some point, right? At some points where they murmured, yet God was there. And he heard exactly what they were saying and how they were reacting. And the Lord did provide for them, did some great work for them. You know, he provided manna from heaven. You know, they were hungry in the, in the wilderness. God knew that. God knew what they needed. And so he gave them the provision of manna. Uh, they were thirsty in the wilderness. God gave them to drink. Uh, you know, from the waters of Marah, remember when they cast a tree in there and then became uh, sweet waters, to the times where Moses struck the rock, and then the second time when he was supposed to speak to the rock, but he struck it again, God made provision for them and gave them water for them to drink. What we see through all of that is God was with them. Uh, God was with them the whole way. Uh, it didn't matter what they were facing. It didn't matter what kind of change was taking place. The Lord was with them. And uh, the Lord had to do a work in their life. Uh, they were slaves. They were in bondage there in Egypt for 430 years. Now, you can just imagine with me uh, the, the culture that they had. Uh, you know, they're thinking they were probably small-minded and thinking they were just slaves. And, and, and God was going to bring them out and make a great nation out of them as he had promised Abraham. And so these people had to undergo some, some dramatic change in their thinking, in their, in their behavior, in their living, in, in experiencing God in a greater way uh, for God to make out of them that great nation that they were to be a testimony to the rest of the world. And so through that journey, uh, God did some miraculous things for them and, and brought them out and began to change their thinking, began to change uh, the, the dynamics of that nation. Uh, he gave them the law. He gave them, you know, the, 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 the ceremonial law. He gave them you know, the civil laws and began to shape them as a group, as a group of people into something that they had never understood or seen before in their, in their lives. They've seen it in other nations, but, but it wasn't for them. But God began to do this work work and bring this change in their life. Now, some who saw what was taking place began to reminisce of the old life. And how many people uh, some, you find like that? You know, like God is trying to do a great work and all people can think about is, well, how good it was when, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. Uh, but, you know, I want to encourage you. I want you to be thankful for a heritage that you have. Uh, thankful for what God has done in this place. You, you know, uh, for many, many years, you've blessed us. Uh, you've been a lighthouse in this region. And, uh, you know, from uh, Pastor Shemesh to Pastor Nathan, Lord, uh, God was doing a miraculous work here. And we need to give thanks to the Lord for all that period of time. And just because God brings about change, uh, we need not to live in the past. But look to what, God, what are you doing in our midst? Lord, what, what are you doing in shaping us as a church? Lord, what is that great thing that you're doing in us for your glory? And I think that's, that's what they were experiencing. And uh, this is, it's all about us now, how we respond to that change. Uh, uh, how are we uh, facing it? How, what, are, what is our thinking? Uh, how are we trusting God through this journey? And I think today we, we've got, we have a responsibility in allowing God to do what he, his good pleasure is in us. You know, they experienced God through every season. They experienced God when they were in Egypt under slavery. 
right? They saw that mighty hand of God through all those, uh, uh, the, the, the diseases and the things that God brought in judgment on, on Egypt. And they saw the mighty hand of God in their deliverance as they came out and the Red Sea was parted. They saw the mighty hand of God protecting them. Remember the, the cloud and the, the pillar of fire? Remember that, that, that cloud that led them out and the pillar of fire that came between them and the Egyptians and, and protected them? I mean, you can imagine if you were there and you saw that, uh, you would be just saying, you'd be just in awe of what God was doing. But you know what's sad is that many of them get, you know, they have just short-term memory loss. You know, they just forget so quickly. And it's that typical of us as mankind, don't we? We just forget so quickly. Quickly we forget how good God has been to us. Uh, quickly, when we, we, we're faced with a challenge or we're faced with a bit of change, it's almost like it's the end of the world. Like, you know, we've, we've forgotten the faithfulness of God. We've forgotten the miracles that God has wrought. We've forgotten all the great things that God has done. We seem to think we're at the end. But that is not the end. Aren't you glad that God's not done with us? Listen, that the Lord's going to continue to work in you and through you till the day He comes. And I'm excited about Him coming. I'm telling you, He's only around the corner. And we need to do all our best. This is not a time to go weak at the knees. This is a time to stand shoulder to shoulder with strength in the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have us to do? In this last quarter that we have, Lord, what would you have us to do? We want to win more souls. Uh, we want to see people disciple. We want to see people added to the church. Lord, we want you to have your favor and your power upon us because we're going to advance forward for your cause and for your glory. And the Lord gave them, the Lord gave them grace and gave them all that they needed in those periods of change. And, and when they came here to the promised land, they were just about to go in and conquer. Remember through that journey, the, the cloud was leading, the pillar of fire was there. God gave them every morning manna for them to collect except on the Sabbath day and, and he made every provision for them. But now that they've come into the land, they're just about to go in and God says there will be no more manna. And the provision that I've given you for all these 40 years, and the way I've led you for 40 years is going to change now. Uh, things are going to be a little bit different from here on. Uh, you're not going to wake up every morning and you're going to go and collect uh, this manna for you to, to feed on. Uh, no, no, this is going to be different from here on. And I just want you to see something here that, that the Lord was already at work for them a year in advance before when they came in. Because when they came into the land, there was the old corn. You know what that means? Is that the, the, the heathens there, or the pagans, that, that, I mean, they had reaped a bump of a season of corn that they were able to collect so much of it and store it, thinking, wow, we had a, a bountiful crop this year. But God was working in advance for them so that they knew, God knew that when they would come to the land, there's going to be enough supply for them of corn to live in the land. Amen. God was already working ahead. Let me tell you tonight, God is already working ahead. Uh, you, you know, we're sitting there thinking and wondering, okay, what's going to happen? What's next? And, uh, you know, what's the process? Let me tell you, God has already worked that out for you. You, you don't need to worry. You, you don't need to be alarmed. Uh, this is not a cue for you to leave the church. This is time for you to look to the Lord with faith and hope and say, Lord, we're excited about where you're taking us. And so they came into that promised land and, and the Lord had to change some things. No longer will he feed them with manna every day. You know, sometimes we're accustomed to having the same thing, don't we? Like, you know, you can imagine these young people that grew up, you know, in the wilderness. That's all they knew. They didn't know how to farm. 
Uh, they didn't know that they, you know, you toil and you get a, uh, you, you, you get a harvest and a crop and then you'll eat from it and you store it and, and use it. No, God provided for them every day. This was going to be something different for them. And they, they had never experienced this before. But now the Lord brings them into the promised land and says, you know what, there will be no more manna. After the feast of the Passover, from the next day on, there will be no more manna where you'll get up and pick up and you'll eat from it. Now you're going to go in and you're going to use the corn that has been already stored for you. And from there on, look what the Bible says. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And so from that time on, things were different for them. Things became different in how they occupied the land, in what God did for them, and God was still with them. And things were, yes, things did change, but God was still with them. And that's why I want you to know tonight, church, that things might change. But God is still with you. God will still provide for you. And God is still faithful. Uh, people will still get saved. If you just keep going for them, yeah, God is still wants to do that work. And so we ought to look to the Lord and with anticipation that this, that change might come along. But how ought we to respond to all of this? So what should my response be to this change that the Lord brings? And tonight, I want to share with you these three things that, that may be helpful to you. Turn with me now to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. We will not be reading the whole psalm. You could read that at home, at your leisure. But I just want to draw your attention to just a few verses. Um, and we'll read from verse 1 through to verse 8. Psalm 78. The Bible says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Sure, that's a prophecy of how the Lord Jesus taught. Which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. For he established his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. That the generations to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that, has set, that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. What the psalmist was saying here is, uh, we have a story to tell. Uh, we, we, our fathers have told us of how God did a mighty work in their lifetime. And that these things have been given to us that we might also give to our children. And that they will be, they'll pass it on to their children. And uh, so there's a story to be told. And I, I just want to say to you, church, tonight, you have a story to tell. Uh, you can recount the faithfulness of God and all that he has done in this place. How many people have been here for over 30 years? Well, you, you've seen what God has done, haven't you? And that you've seen how God has brought, wrought great works and, and uh, great miracles and, and people's lives got changed, uh, people got saved, uh, people grew in the Lord, uh, uh, missions were sent out of you, people were, you know, were supported greatly. And this is all the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Let me tell you, we must continue that story. If we're going to uh, respond to change of what God's going to do, it's got to be in this way. We're going to recount the goodness of God. 
Uh, we're going to talk about the faithfulness uh, of the Lord. We're going to talk about what God did in this place. Uh, we, we're going to honor the men who helped us and served us during that period of time. Uh, we, we're not going to lose uh, the, the, the history that we've had. And, and I think you, you can speak of that well, and, and you can tell your children and tell them, you know, the marvelous things that God has done. We're not going to run away from this place because we're encountering change. No, we're going to tell our children, listen, God had been faithful in the past, and, and we believe him that he's going to be faithful to us today, and he's going to be faithful to us tomorrow. And God, as he wrought great things for us in the past, he's going to continue to do great things for us today. I think if we're going to face change we need to face it believing God still is and God still can. You say amen to that? Amen. God still is who he is. He hasn't changed and he still can. If people will humble themselves and go step out by faith and walk by faith, God is able still to do that. And so the Lord tells us that we still have something to praise him for. You still have something to praise God for. You still have something to shout hallelujah in front of your children and say, isn't God good? Isn't how great is our God? Look what He's doing in our midst. It doesn't have to be a story of doom and gloom. Like the church should not be a place of that. Uh, you know, it's a place where we believe God. We believe God can still do amazing things for us. And so we want to praise His name. If we're going to uh, encounter change today in the church, it may be with a view of praising God for what He is doing. Hey, I might not see exactly uh, the, what, the purpose and what is exactly happening, but I'm going to just trust the Lord for He is a good God and He still loves His church and, and He's still going to do marvelous things through His church and, and I'm going to believe that all the way through. And it's a story that we have to tell. We have a story to praise God. We have a story to tell the next generation until the generation after that. You know, when we get through it all, uh, we'll be able to look back and say, isn't God good? Is it, wasn't God amazing? Like, let me tell you from my personal experience, you know, five years ago, it, it, was just like, it was just like the whole world had, you know, crumbled for me. And, and it was a time that where I just had to refocus on the Lord and not just focus on man, but focus on God and see God in a greater light. And that when you do that, you begin to take every day saying, Lord, okay, I'm trusting you for this. Lord, I don't know what, how this will happen. Let me just tell you, we face some major challenges, all right? I'm not going to go into all of them, but let me tell you, we went through major, major challenges. Yeah, almost like the, the Satan had, a, had an attack, like five attacks on our church, all within a month, all within a span of about three to four months. Uh, but, but, you know, I look back and say, you know, it was God who brought us through it. It was the grace of God. People say to me, well, how did you endure that? I say, I honestly don't know. It wasn't like I was anything brilliant, but it was really the grace of God that helped me through every day, through every season, and through every change that was taking place. It was God who was doing it. And yeah, we can praise the Lord for that. Uh, let me tell you, on the other side of this experience, you will praise the Lord for it. Uh, you will say, Lord, the Lord has been good. Man, God is good. Uh, the Lord has been good to us. So we, we have something to praise God for uh, as we go through this change because he's with us and he will never change. Secondly, I see is that God allows us and, and, and we need to understand when God brings about this change is that we might get to know him in a greater way. Uh, look what verse 6 is, that the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Let me tell you, the Lord allows us to go through seasons of change so that we see him in a greater light. 
Uh, we get to know him in a greater light. You know, you know what happens when we, when we go through periods of everything is okay? We're really not really living that much by faith, are we? It's like, you know, everything is okay. We do this, we do that. You know, everything, everything is running smooth. No, there's no problems, there's no change. But when we encounter change, what God does through that is help us to focus on him better. And that we see our hope is in him. Our hope is not in man. Our hope is not in a system. Our hope is not in a process. Our hope is in that God is still God and he's still our God and he's still faithful and he's still going to do marvelous things in us. And so God brings that change about that we experience him. You know what we need? We need to continue to hope in him. We need to hope in him. Sometimes our, our hope is elsewhere and and our hope is deferred, but you know, when we hope in the Lord, he will always come through. He always comes through. Now, now, sometimes we, we want him to work at our time frame, right? Like, you, know, you know, it's got to be when we want it, and uh, if he's not working to our time frame, we begin to lose trust, and oh, God, are you really in control here? Like, do you really know what's going on? He, you know, God knows, but you know what he's doing? He, he, he's trying to teach us through this change that our hope can only be in him. I think the, the sooner we learn that lesson, the sooner God will move on with the program and, and give us deliverance and give us what we need. And this is a time where God wants us to experience him for who he is and our hope be anchored in him. He said that we will tell them of these things that that these generations might come to know and experience these, uh, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Isn't that what you want? Wouldn't that be your heart's desire, that through all of this, that we see God in a greater way, that we see God doing something miraculous that we never thought of, thinking like, well, you know, that we weren't expecting that, but, you know, God brought this to us and we're thankful for it. And uh, we're going to tell our children, we're going to tell the generations to come about, you know, what we went through and how God brought that deliverance and how miraculous he was, how strong he was. And, and we're just going to uh, just brag about all that he's done for us. But we need to experience it, don't we? Right? You know, it's easy to tell somebody else's story, isn't it? And what sad it would be, how sad would it be if we were as a church can only recount the experiences of our forefathers. Right? If all we've got to hold on to is what God has done in the past and, and we've got nothing that we're experiencing today, then uh, that's a sad indictment on us. Uh, we must have some current stories. Uh, we cannot be just singing the, the praise of, uh, of all our history. Well, you know, 20 years ago we saw God do something. Hey, we need to be saying, you know what? 2021, God did something miraculous. And we experienced him in a way that we never thought how, but God did it. And let me tell you, he's still present with us and he's still doing a mighty work. And we're going to love him, trust him, and we're going to serve him to our dying days. You need your own experience of hope in him. If we're going to face change the right way, not only do we have something to tell the generation to come, but we have our experience, our own personal experience with God and the hope that we have in him. And lastly, tonight, how am I going for time, by the way? I'm just about on it. All right. Well, last point tonight. Uh, what we need to learn through change and how we receive change 
is that we must learn to submit to the Lord's will. Okay, we need to learn to submit to the Lord. Look what uh, verse 8 says. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that has set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. And I think what we need to learn is through times of change, we need to submit. We need to submit to the will of God. You know, when they went through the wilderness, if you continue reading uh, in this particular psalm, he recounts how they sinned against the Lord, they murmured, you know, after God had done everything for them, you know, they still were recounting how good it was back in Egypt. Imagine like God liberated you, you're no longer a slave, and you're thinking, I was far better being a slave in Egypt than me being here in this wilderness. You know, how, how shameful is that when we can think that it was better for me in my old days than what God is doing for me today? And uh, they were so stiff-necked that they murmured, they, they didn't trust the Lord, uh, they weren't trusting him, uh, they had, as, the, as the scripture said, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. They weren't right with God. They weren't right with God. Let me tell you, if you're going to face change right, you need to be right with God. Amen. You need to be right with God. Because you know, you know what you don't want? Like these, like these people where because they asked for things after their own lusts, you know, what they desired, and, and God gave them, you know, flesh when they said, you know, the man is coming out of our ears, like we've been eating the same thing, you know, for God knows how long. Give us some meat, like we're meat eaters. And so God gives them quail, he gives them so much that it's coming out of their nostrils, and God gave it to them. But you know what the Bible says, that even though he gave it to them, he gave them leanness in their heart. They weren't really satisfied. We need to be careful when there is change, God's bringing about a change, that we're not demanding what we want. That we're not demanding what we like. We're not demanding, you know, God, I want this. And you know what ends up happening sometimes in churches, and, and, and let me just say this happened to us, uh, is people began, you know, when it came to a matter of a, of, of a pastor, you know, it was like a, a, we like this man. And it became more like we like him because of popularity. You know, we need to be very careful, and you need to be very careful as a church, as you go through this season, that you won't choose a man because of his popularity. You're not going to choose a man because you like him. You know what we need? We need prayer sessions. We need to get out on our faces, humble ourselves and say, God, whom do you have for us? Who is your choosing? Uh, who is it, Lord, that you would have us to, to come about here and, and be our pastor? It shouldn't be because, uh, you know, I, I have a already uh, preconceived ideas in my mind who would, be, who would qualify as a good candidate and who isn't. And, you know, most of us are thinking that way, I'm sure. And that's just, uh, human, as humans, this is how we think. But, you know, when it comes to this matter, we all need to submit to the Lord. Right? We need to be submitting to the Lord. I would encourage you, have more prayer sessions. Get together and pray. Fall on your knees and say, Lord, who is it that you would have? Lord, we'd be willing to submit. Lord, if this man is not the one that I would like or it's not according to what I Lord, I'm willing to submit to your will. Lord, what would you have? We need a spirit of humility that God is in control. And it is his church. It's not my church, it's not your church, right? It's the Lord's church. And he has already worked out who that may be.
I just want you to tonight just to go away and say, Lord, Lord you brought about this change in our church. Uh, we don't really understand or comprehend it in full, but Lord, we're going to trust you for it. Uh, Lord, uh, we, we're going we're gonna to love you. We're going to love you more. We're going to love each other more. Uh, we're going to stand so, uh, you know, uh, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Uh, we're not going to let the enemy have a foothold in this place. We, we don't want him to divide us. We're not going to be divided. Uh, this is not going to be a popularity contest. And then, uh, Lord, we are going to submit to you. We're going to get right with you first. Church, maybe it's time to get right with God. I don't, I don't know. I'm just a visitee. I don't know all of you, but maybe we need to get right with God first. Maybe we need, our heart needs to be right with him and then allow him, submit as we submit ourselves to his authority and submit to, to his leadership uh, in our life and in this church, that, Lord, who is it? Who is it that you would have for us? You see, they said, he said that, that and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and a rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. We don't want to be those kind of people, do we? We don't want to be a church known that we were stiff-necked. No, we didn't want God's will. We wanted our will. God help us. May God help us. That God will first do a work in us to humble us. And as we go in this humility seeking the Lord, hoping in him, knowing he will bring us, bring us through this and he's already worked it out and we're going to just trust him for it. And that, Lord, whatever you, who, whomever you would have for us, we're going to submit. Amen? We're going to submit. And, Lord, we know this is your church and you will have your good pleasure in it. Well, change comes around all the time, doesn't it? We go through different seasons of life. You know, uh, our kids have all grown up, and I'm grateful that our kids have grown up. How many people have got older children? You're happy, aren't you? How many people here have got grandchildren? Put your hand up. All right. And when they say, uh, you know, grandchildren is God's reward for not killing your children when they were teenagers. And, uh, you know, aren't you thankful you passed that stage, right? You, you went through that season, and, and as hard as it was, you know, mothers remember when your kids were all under five and, you know, just trying to do everything, and you say, will this season end? How many ladies here are glad that that season is over? Some of you are still probably going through it, but, you, you know, there's hope at the end of the tunnel, let me tell you, there's hope. And uh, you, you will enjoy, enjoy the season, and, but that season will change. You will never be in that same season forever. Seasons change. God brings about seasons in life. Aren't you glad that it's not always summer? Aren't you glad it's not always winter? God created the different seasons, and with every season, he brings a blessing. Let me tell you, you're going through a change of season, but if you just get your heart right and set upon the Lord right, and accept and receive this change with praise to God and hope in him and, and a story to tell and and they get yourself right with the Lord with all humility and receive what God has, let me tell you, God is still wanting to bless you. And the Lord's still going to advance this work. This is not the end, right? This is not the end. This is just a new paragraph. And uh, we just want to trust the Lord for that. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. And uh, Lord, I hope it's been a help. Pray, Father, you would encourage your people tonight. And Help us to look to you, Lord, in a greater way. You are our God. You are our Savior. 
You are Lord, Lord. You're able to do marvelous things, continue to do marvelous things in our hearts. And so we trust you and we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.